Welcome to the Art and Science of Horsemanship, brought to you by Equi University. Equi University is an educational website dedicated to improving horses' lives through owner education. I'm Dr. Richard Godby, your host for the Art and Science of Horsemanship and founder of Equi University. The title of this podcast is, If a Little is Good, a Lot Must Be Better. While this statement can apply to many things in the horse world, I'm specifically targeting supplementation. Many years ago, I was at a racetrack watching a friend prepare the evening feeding for the horses he had in training. I'm not exaggerating when I say he put multiple supplements in various feed tubs. Not only did this take a great deal of time, but in the end, he really didn't know what all was being fed. What nutrients were duplicated, what may cause a chronic issue, and how much money he was throwing away on every feeding. I know most of us use multiple supplements some because they are recommended by friends or well-known trainers. I understand this, and I too feed more than one supplement to my horses. In fact, I feed different supplements to each horse, depending on what I think they need. I don't feed multiple supplements designed to do the same thing. For example, multiple joint products or multiple general vitamin and mineral supplements. The global equine supplement market is about $100 million in yearly sales. The largest segment of this is products that target joints and joint health. It's interesting that this segment is the largest selling group of products since the literature does not show any benefit from the oral supplementation of joint ingredients, chondroitin, glucosamine, or MSM as examples. Given the sales data, horse owners must see something when feeding these products or they would not be the supplement leader. When discussing supplements, I think it helps to put them into groups based on their purpose. For ease of discussion, we need to define what is a supplement. The Food and Drug Administration defines a dietary supplement as something taken by mouth that contains dietary ingredients. For most nutritionists, a supplement normally supplies something missing from the diet. For example, salt. Forages and grains have little, if any, salt. So to ensure horses meet the requirements, salt is added to the diet. This can be loose salt, salt mixed in with a complete feed, Iron can be supplied as part of a supplement containing salt and other minerals. Most of the minerals that we feed to horses or that are required by horses are very unpalatable. Salt's added to encourage consumption of these minerals. Another group of supplements or types of supplements that are fed are often used to minimize specific problems. Supplements targeting the hoof or joint are examples of this type of supplement. Since this podcast is about the amounts of supplements being fed, we need to discuss some places where oversupplementation is not only a monetary waste, but where the health of our horses can be involved. Vitamin toxicity often occurs when more than one vitamin supplement is fed. This can happen when we don't read the labels and don't see the vitamins are added to products that target specific issues, for example, hoof products. I've seen marketing material touting a product as being equivalent to 20-plus supplements, I'm not sure there are many horses that require 20-plus supplements. To help us understand the vitamin issue, we need to know something about vitamins. There are two classes of vitamins, fat-soluble and water-soluble. The fat-soluble vitamins are A, D, E, and K, and these vitamins are stored in the body and can be used as needed. Feeding an excess of vitamin A and vitamin D can result in toxicity issues. Green grass is the primary source of beta-carotene, which is the precursor of vitamin A in the horse's diet. Horses store vitamin A in the liver. Grazing green grass, the horse can store sufficient vitamin A for about six months. 
Vitamin D requirements in mature horses are met when the horse is exposed to sunlight or even artificial light. In winter, where sunlight's minimal or horses are maintained indoors, it may be beneficial to supplement vitamin D. Supplementation for young horses may also be beneficial at any time. Since vitamin D's only function in the horse is calcium metabolism, excessive vitamin D results in soft tissue calcification. Vitamin E toxicosis has not been shown in the horse, and I've not seen anything in the literature demonstrating vitamin K toxicosis with oral supplementation. There can be some issues with injectable. Vitamin K is produced by the microbes in the large intestine. Unless there's something that disrupts the microbiome for a relatively long period of time, often seen with antibiotic administration, supplementation of vitamin K is not required. Water-soluble vitamins, the B-complex vitamins and vitamin C, are not stored in the body and are excreted if they're not used. The major issue with over-supplementation with B vitamins in most horses is it makes very expensive urine. It's a waste of money. Horses under stressful things like traveling, training, showing, may benefit from supplementing B vitamins. In general, horses that are being used for recreational use do not need supplemental B vitamins. Mineral supplementation is often included in general vitamin and mineral products. Minerals are divided into two categories, major minerals and trace or minor minerals. The primary mineral that's got potential to cause toxicity is selenium. There's a large part of our country where selenium is deficient in the soil and therefore it's deficient or low in the forage. Because of that, there are many supplements and feeds that have selenium added to them. This selenium toxicity can be chronic or acute. The selenium toxicity is often caused by overfeeding of selenium-containing products. Read the label. When we're trying to decide what supplement, and for many of us, what supplements, plural, we need to feed, I think there's some questions we need to ask ourselves and someone from the company making the products. What do we need to feed can only be determined after we know what we're currently feeding. This is especially true when looking at general vitamin and or vitamin mineral supplements. The same can be said for weight gain products, muscle builders, or protein supplements, even hay balancers, although not often thought of as a supplement. Second thing is, what does a supplement do? What should I see? How long will it take me to see these changes? These are some questions we need to ask ourselves. That way we can determine what products we really should be feeding. It's easy to think that if I feed more of any supplement, will it work faster or will it work better? Reputable supplement companies have determined the amount of their supplement that should be of optimum benefit. Sometimes the body weight of the horse will be a variable in the amount of the supplement that we should be feeding. That can be a whole nother kettle of fish. Estimating body weight can be a problem for many of us. The question still is, if a little is good, is more better? There are no magical supplements or feeds, so feeding more will not make them any more magical. Follow the directions and talk to your nutritional consultant when you have questions. If you don't have a nutritional consultant, subscribing to Equi University will remedy that problem. Thanks for listening to this segment of the Art and Science of Horsemanship. If you have any questions about this or any other segment on these podcasts, you can send an email to me, drguideb at equiuniversity.com. Additional information can also be found at equiuniversity.com. Thanks again.